A roller coaster weekend in Leafsland. A win on Saturday, a loss on Sunday, but a big injury will dominate the discussion today. Let's get into it on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome into your April 3rd edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, also catch us in video format up on YouTube. It's Lockdown Leafs. Hit subscribe. We got new content coming out to you guys each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time. We had a pretty good weekend, Dave. Good sports weekend for uh, for well, I'm sure for a lot of different cities, but in particular, if you're a Toronto sports fan, you had two Leaf games, two Raptors games, two Jays games, and two nights jam packed of WrestleMania as well to go along with it, and then some college sports as well. XFL if you're if you watch the XFL like you literally did not have to leave your couch all weekend dude like how much time would you say you spent on your couch this weekend or glued to a TV at the very least uh, uh probably un- a health unhealthy amount of time in front of the <laughs> screen this weekend like I had to like say to myself uh you gotta go and like get outside go do the bike a little bit you you're you're turning into a couch potato a little too much for my liking yeah i mean it just everything rolled into one another like especially today and then you know leafs game ends you toss on wrestlemania and boy what a finish you want to you want a, a really quick thought on on mania with spoiler alert uh roman reigns continuing his dominance beating cody rhodes i i don't think you felt so good about that dave i know you no no you know i'm a, i'm a big like i I've watched a lot of WrestleManias throughout my life. I have not missed a single WrestleMania, you know, in my lifetime. And you talk about WrestleMania moments. They took that away from Cody Rhodes. Like it was set up perfectly, but just like WWE does, they, you can't get everything you want. No, no, you can't. And uh, yeah, I saw the react. I was watching as well. And I had the same thought, you know, it was upsetting. My roommate, same thing. And, a lot of the people up on Twitter, same thing. Really upset that uh, it, my roommate said he felt cheated. Cheated. Ooh. He doesn't even watch wrestling anymore, but like he just knew the storyline and uh, felt cheated just based off of the way that it ended. But nonetheless, uh, is what it is. We'll see what happens in the wrestling world. As for the Leafs world, a little bit more clarity on the uh, on the postseason officially. Um, we knew that it was eventually going to be official that Leafs and Lightning will be locked in as the 2v3 match in the Atlantic Division. Well, it's now official over the weekend, the Lightning locking into uh, into that divisional spot. So it is going to be Leafs and Lightning round one, and still don't know where it's going to be played. We assume Scotiabank Arena. They do have uh, the upper hand there, um, barring some sort of collapse at the end of the season. It should be game one here in Toronto. So we'll see. But it is official that it is going to be Leafs versus Lightning in 
round one. So throughout the week, we can start kind of looking forward since we know exactly um, officially. I mean, we always knew it was going to be that, but now it's it's actually. Uh, yeah, we knew back in November what it was going to be. That's true. Now it's 100 percent, though. All right, let's uh, let's dig into what we saw occur over the weekend, though, Dave. Um, let's start uh, with night one, a shutout over the Ottawa Senators on Saturday night. Ilya Samsonov was great, man. Like for Sammy to get a road shutout, a road win is good for him to shut out uh, a pesky Sen squad. Uh, definitely a, a good sign for the Maple Leafs in the crease if that guy can start winning some games on the road. Yeah, especially, you know, Sheldon Keefe was looking for that. That's why he gave Samsonov that start. I understand the the Senators weren't exactly at full strength, but that's still a desperate Senators team still looking to make the, the push for the playoffs. And kind of satisfying that the Leafs they didn't officially put the nail in the coffin, but they, they, they took a couple of hammer shots to it, that's for sure. I think Ottawa ended up losing the following night too, though. Uh, they, like, they lost tonight in, in overtime or shootout, so they didn't pick up a full two points tonight. I think they are... Columbus. Yeah, to Columbus at that, right? They were up. Th- I think. I think they were up three-two in the first period. And yeah, then- and they only ended up with one point tonight. So Ottawa, pretty much done, I would say. Which again was fully expected. Pretty much a three-horse race for two spots. You know, the Islanders, the Penguins, and the Florida Panthers. Pretty much. Um, but as uh, as for for the rest of that game, like, what else did you like out of the the match against Ottawa? match i'm in wrestling mode the game against ottawa <laughs> yeah i mean you you first off you look at the um you know samsonov's was obviously the highlight but i, I liked some of the physical play like luke shen doing what he did to brady kachuk in that game that's something a few months ago i remember that game in toronto that ottawa just absolutely dominated because the brady kachuk show because the Leafs didn't really have that guy that could physically impose their will on a break of Chuck. And I love that Luke Shen was the one doing it. I mean, I will also bearing the lead a little bit here, but the new big Z in town. <laughs> I love, I love that. That nickname just came up. I was going to get to that. I mean, <laughs> afterwards, yeah. if you didn't say it, I was going to get to it. Uh, Radim Zahorna made his Leafs debut, scored a goal. And yeah, I mean, he was in the mix. Like he didn't play a whole lot, but it was an efficient, like eight ish minutes that he played. You know, I thought that he was hard on pucks and, and, you know, got in good areas, got some good shots off in the slot, went to those areas in front of the net where you got to do your dirty business. You know, just a big body who used it. You know, we've, we've had some big bodies in the city that don't want to use it. Uh, my guy Pierre was one of them. Redeem Zahorna did not mind using his body out there. Um, and, you know, he was pretty good with the, when he had the puck too. I, I was looking. Coming into the game, he was like a plus 14. Oh, plus minus isn't the best stat, but in 30 NHL games, being a plus 14, I think that's pretty noteworthy. Like when he's on the ice, very limited time, good things tend to happen. Like you you just can't overlook that. And I thought, you know, he won a lot of the shifts that he was playing um, Saturday night and and obviously scored a goal and was rewarded with another night. Now there was some injuries and, and guys who sat out, which we'll get to in a moment um that gave him that second game but you know big z do you do you think though that he is somebody who might be able to fight for like a fourth line role with this team or is this just you know gets uh gets a little sniff but ultimately probably black ace type of guy yeah 
I mean, one game, I'm not always the big on like, oh, he's so amazing. You got to keep him in. Well, it's one game. You have to, he has to still. No, it's two games. I mean, played against Detroit well now. I mean, after that first game. But yeah, I'm also seeing there's some guys on this team right now, like a Sam Lafferty, who's kind of hasn't looked, hasn't really brought what I thought he was going to bring to the team, right? Like, can, can he kind of assert a player like that out of the lineup where, I think that's what what Sheldon Keith is looking for. Looking for guys that are gonna push others to say you're not gonna you're not gonna give us something. This other guy has proven that he can, or he is in his time that he has shown he will. So we're gonna sit you for this guy. I think the Leafs need that. There's we haven't seen guys bench too often based on their play. Like they, I mean, obviously the lot you know in the game against Detroit they were benched because. They want to give them rest, but we haven't seen certain guys who have kind of just been coasting and Sheldon Keefe hasn't been able to say, well, we're taking you out. He hasn't had that luxury because of the injuries as well. Um, Speaking of guys who've been sitting out, there was a trio of them that sat out for tonight's game for load management. We'll get into all that, but first a quick word from one of today's show sponsors, and that's eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the parts are right and guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, for the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligibility items apply. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are your hosts here at Locked on Leafs and um, the match, the second game of the back-to-back against the Detroit Red Wings. Dave, you alluded to it earlier. Um, you know, Toronto did lose the game five to two, but it wasn't their full squad. Mitch Marner, Mark Giordano, Jake McCabe, all taking the night off for rest, aka load management. It's officially infiltrated the NHL, and the Maple Leafs are culprits of it. And uh, they didn't play tonight. Like before we get into tonight's game, what are your thoughts on this? Are you are you okay with it? Does it bother you at all? Like your thoughts, pal? Well, well, two things. Like I understand you want to give guys rest. Like they they did Geo not too long ago in the second half of back to back. I get that, but the Leafs haven't clinched the one thing that they probably should be pushing to clinch, and that's home ice. Like as soon as you clinch home ice, I know there's only like five games left now but like you don't need to sit two of your top four defensemen mitch marner you know what if he wants to if he needs a night off give him the night off but like you can't be sitting a bunch of guys in one night as well i understand we discussed this the other day i'm all for it but you got to be a little more sensible about it like unless jake like again we don't know the full story of jake mccabe is also dealing with some anything and he just needed a night off and having playing him on the back-to-back wasn't sensible but yeah, having him and Giordano out when the defense looked absolutely brutal against the Red Wings, like you question the decisions a little bit there. Well, it's just kind of weird to take out. Like you already 
it was just weird to take out two lefties, and now all of a sudden you have to have Connor Timmins, who hasn't played hockey since like mid February in an actual game. Now he's got to flip to his left side and play on the left, his his unnatural side, and be a little uncomfortable, which probably doesn't put Timothy Lilligren in a very good headspace as well. And then uh, you know, I guess Brody and Hall they've played together, so they're, they're you know they know each other, I suppose. So that's fine. And then you've got Shen and. Uh, Shannon and and Morgan Riley, who are forced to play a little bit more tougher minutes, right? Just because you're missing Geo and and McCabe, who are two of your, you know, defensive players. So it, it kind of was weird to have both of those guys sitting on the same night. Um, maybe you sit McCabe last night, like uh, that. That would have been a way to not have him play back to back. Like sit one on night two, sit one on night one. I think that one makes kind of more sense than to sit them both in the same game. Nonetheless, uh, it, it happened. Mitch Marner also did get the night off, and I thought that his presence was kind of missed uh, missed tonight. I didn't think that there wasn't a whole lot of juice from a lot of guys tonight, like the back end. I didn't think up front also uh, looked particularly good, to, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think they're the better team, but ultimately Detroit's just not very good. Like Detroit just kind of feasted on a couple of mistakes. There's the buzzword again, mistakes, turnovers mm-hmm. that uh, that Toronto made. And, you know, they got some good goaltending, which it's very reminiscent, actually, to, to the way that Toronto lost the game. Um, to Florida. In Florida, like very reminiscent. Good goaltending. And the couple of mistakes that you made ended up in the back of your net. Very much how tonight's game went. Yeah, no, I almost almost a carbon copy. I would say the Leafs, the mistakes they made were a lot more brutal than the ones against uh, Detroit. Um, uh, sorry, against Florida. And then when you look at the goaltending, like the idea that I understand, Matt Murray was brutal when he was in the net. Uh, the goals he let up didn't like him. I didn't think he looked great on them. But if you're expecting your goaltender to constantly have to bail out your team. When they make dumb mistakes, like it's one thing when you have to bail out your team when the other team's making a good play and you have to, you know, step up. But when your team is making brain dead mistakes, I'm talking brain like some of them were brain brain dead mistakes. And then like the one that really annoyed me was the Larkin goal, where Justin Hall has a chance to go up and like actually challenge Dylan Larkin and he goes he's just like yeah dylan i'm gonna go to the right you go to the left or you go to your right i'll go to my right part the open sea and you can go and have a great shot on that like things like that annoy me because those are human those are mistakes you're making that's costing your team and that's those are the backbreakers in the playoffs we have seen it time and time again and that's what annoyed me about this game the least play as you said they played a they had a they were they control play we can hear Sheldon Keevan say, I like that we're controlling play. But controlling play doesn't always lead to wins when you're making the mistakes you're making. And it doesn't seem like that message is getting through. And that's not going to get easier against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who seems like they've, you know, remember how to play hockey again. Of yeah. And they're dummying teams. So uh, Toronto, they got to rein it in, man. Like, I know there's only five games left. They don't mean anything in the standings. They don't this, they don't that. I mean, Tampa, they flip the switch and they're ready to go. Like, you want to get hot and get into, like, mid-season form or mid-playoff form by game one. Don't start game one. Get there by game one, which means 
play out these final few games, you know, to the best of your ability. So you don't have to flip that switch. Then it's already flipped and you're already firing on all cylinders. That's, that's my kind of thought process at this point, as we get a few games, uh, a few more games, six to go. Um, but obviously the, the big thing coming out of tonight's game is the Matt Murray injury. Um, that is definitely worrisome. Let's take one quick break. Uh, when we get back, let's detail um, what we know about the injury and what this could mean for the Maple Leafs moving forward. Also some interesting comments coming out regarding Michael Bunting and uh, the penalties that he took today. Keith, not too happy. We'll tell you about those in just a few moments, but first Dave, have a word from our show sponsor. Yep. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by AG1 by Athletic Greens. Keeping up with proper nutrition is really hard. You're busy, you're stuck at your desk, you're eating whatever you can just to keep, get you through the day. But what if, well, what if you could start your day with the ultimate daily nutritional insurance? With a single scoop of AG1 and a glass of water, you can do just that and absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day, which just isn't sustainable. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutritional routine on your own. All for around $3 a day. Yes, I said $3 a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free trial packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Dim Mike DiStefano and Dave Morsuti with you. Um, so obviously, you know, the, the Leafs take the L, which, you know, you, you never like to see them lose a game on home ice and in particular to another non-playoff team like the Detroit Red Wings, who were sporting a very young group tonight. Um, but the big storyline that comes out of it is not the game that was lost, but the player that was lost. And that was Matt Murray, um, started the game, allowed the first two goals of the game and then took a bit of a spill uh the red wings player who was it that slid into him again uh was that lucas raymond yes lucas raymond um was just kind of skating across blew a tire and ended up skating and kind of took him out from underneath him and he kind of matt murray fell back and smashed his head off of the ice and was taken uh into the back did not return did a concussion test and um we will know more information, I suppose, on Tuesday is what Sheldon Keefe uh, came out and, and said. But uh, not uh, not good news for the Maple Leafs if Matt Murray can't, uh, can't go. And I can't say I'm surprised by this because we all kind of, you know, we're, we're holding our breath waiting for something to happen. But I didn't expect uh, this to necessarily be the issue with Matt Murray. Yeah, this was the frustrating one for me. I, I, I love our Discord community. I love them to death. They keep me on my toes when it comes to like there are so much in tune with this team. It's great. But when Matt Murray went down, and I was seeing some of the comments, bah, here's Matt Murray again. I, I watched that thing a few times. 
like when you have no idea that you're gonna have your legs taken out from you and you can't brace, that's scary. Oh, you head. yeah, you saw the back of his helmet yeah. smashing off of the off the ice. Like that's yeah, and I, we saw it a few times, like the replays. Like they made sure to show, like that was a brutal fall. And so, like it, this is someone who's had head and neck injuries in the past. And if you know, and it's not just a Matt Murray thing. If you see a lot of players, like Kale McCarr's had his concussion issues this season. Uh, you see a lot of other players who have similar issues. They get it's very easy that once you have a concussion or anything of that nature, it comes back. We just went through with Jake Muzzin. I don't hear the same comments about Jake Muzzin. Like it's a serious issue. And so I didn't like that talk about, about it. And, um, and it put Elias Samsonov in a bad spot too, because we heard that he wasn't a hundred percent because he was working out and did a little bit too much because he was, he didn't think he was going to get into the game. Although if you're backing up Matt Murray, I think you have to be on your toes a little bit more there. Yeah, maybe. Um, I know, and I, we didn't even talk about the fact that if Samsonov wasn't able to stay in the game for any reason, Curtis Joseph, that the was, next man up. That was not true, by the way. I know, but like, <laughs> did, did you see? But did you see that? And I, I, I for a second there, I'm just like, there's no way. Like, Dude, if that was the case, look. I, so I was chatting with my producer for Leafs yeah. lunch and I told her like midway through the second period, kind of when it looked as though Samson, was somewhat laboring at one point, like he took in and it's like, Oh man, like the, the Leafs cannot afford this. Like if Murray's gone, like they can't afford no. a Samsonov injury. Like if he's not really ready to play today and obviously he came out afterwards and said like, yeah, I kind of overexhausted myself you know, training earlier today, wasn't prepared to, to play a whole game. And, you know, luckily it doesn't sound like he, you know, hurt himself, but I was joking, half joking saying, honestly, punt on the game. It was three, one at the time. I was like, punt on the game, send out the e-bug for the third period. I don't even care. Just get Samson out of the game. I don't want to risk an injury. And then it came out that uh, Curtis Joseph was in the building and, he was uh, in the building. Well, Mike Zeisberger did tweet and say that he got a text from Cujo saying, yeah, I was the, the e-bug tonight. But then apparently that was not the case. Cujo was chilling, chilling up in the alumni box, apparently. And uh, that was just a, a little fib that he had told him. Yeah, like I saw that. And then obviously seeing the news. But I'm just like, imagine if that scenario actually happened. Like I've yeah. seen I've seen Cujo come into a game like I, I remember that game against Washington when he came in because Martin Gerber decided to be a douche and put, push a ref and get ejected. Cujo comes in, Stonewall stops everything, stop even stops Ovechkin in overtime a few times, shootout. It was like one of the, the Leafs were absolutely garbage at that point, and it was the one of the like it was just a feel good moment. And like that could have been another one of those, but yeah. Yeah. I think I think how old is Kujo? He's in his fifties, I believe. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's up there. Like he's yeah. yeah, I doubt he's strapped pads on in five years. Like <laughs> I think he's probably played in a few like alumni charity games. So like he's not like he's probably has he's probably seen the ice, but it's different when you're going up against players that are 
gonna be shooting the puck at a little more of a pace that you're not has been not seen in like a decade yeah you know i think playing against uh you know the the local firemen or, or police officers <laughs> a little different than uh if if you're you know going up against dylan larkin or lucas raymond or uh mo cider shot for the point but uh it, it would have been funny i don't know who the the e-bug really was but we like should, i have i don't know I'm half joking that I would have preferred that e-bug to play the third period just to preserve Samsonov's health because, you know, if, if this turns out to be, um, you know, a long-term thing, you, you need to preserve Samsonov as much as possible at this point because uh, now it's it's him and, and Joseph Wall would be the two guys, right? Kyle Dubas took a gamble. You know, thought that uh, his goaltenders would would stay healthy. They felt good about you know Matt Murray and, and where his health was at. That once he gets back, he was going to be fine. And um, obviously, no one foresaw this type of injury happening. Just kind of a fluke accident where he gets you know kind of taking his legs from underneath him and you hit your head on the ice, and that's kind of what happens sometimes. But now again, like I said, it's Sam Stop and Joe Wall. So a week ago, everyone loved Joe Wall. He was the goalie goalie of the future. He was supposed to be the number one guy. Remember, put yeah. that guy at number one. Talk about the Discord. Discord was popping off about Joe Wall in that win against Nashville. Yeah. Well, now he might actually have to play. At the very least, he'll be next man up on the bench. Um, you know, come game one of the playoffs if Matt Murray's uh, if Matt Murray can't go. And I mean, it, actions speak louder than words. By not going out and getting a, a, another goaltender at the deadline. Keith was telling us, we believe, even if an injury were to occur, we believe that Joseph Wall could still give us some good goaltending. And we've seen it. We have. So we'll see what ends up happening. But that was, uh, yeah, that was definitely the story of the game against uh, against Detroit was, was Matt Murray leaving the game with a concussion. He'll be evaluated, and we'll know more about it on Tuesday. The other big thing about this game, or at least post-game, is um, – Michael Bunting versus the refs. I I really, really am curious how Michael Bunting is supposed to play on the edge the way that he has to play in order to be effective if the refs are going to be as excited to put him in the box as they are. Like, yeah. I've been on team Michael Bunting needs to find a way to get past it or find his way to kind of hone it back. But at the same time, like it's not an isolated incident. It's not something that's happened twice. It's happened numerous times. And I feel like, and we know, we know for a fact that the referees see certain players and they're just, we're, we're going to make like, we're not going to hand, we're not going to have any of this. Like they're not going to do, de- they don't want to deal with that stuff. But I like, think that's what it was. There's one thing, there's one thing to not have, to not have um, penalties called on somebody. Yeah. But for Michael Bunting to take like a couple of what seemed to me as some pretty hefty cross checks to the back worthy of being sent down to the ice, not once, but twice. And he goes to the box for a, like that. That's just that's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And then he's the one who gets picked out of that big scrum. He wasn't the one who was punching someone in the face. 
Yeah, he did nothing. Like, was he egging egging on guys? Probably. That's that's what he, he has to be with the stick. I think it was Mo cider stick where he didn't give it back, or he was putting it in his feet. And yeah, he was being a dink. He was but being like, Brad Marchand. Not- like, let's be honest here. He was doing what we see Brad Marchand do countless times. I don't see Brad Marchand getting ten game misconducts. That I mean, he gets probably gets penalties. But he doesn't get to ten game misconducts like uh, Michael Bunting did tonight. No, no way. That was ridiculous. And um, actually, I'm going to send you Sheldon Keefe's uh, Mediaville that he had today. Go to, um, what are you at, the 954 mark? And this is Michael Bunting, or this was um, Sheldon Keefe, what he had to say on uh, on Michael Bunting and, and how he feels about the way that he's being officiated because it's truly getting a little out of hand here. And has been for a little bit. So here's Sheldon Keefe uh, in post game today on Michael Bunting. I mean, I don't know. They said he'll go in the hands of the trainers. They'll deal with it, and he'll bounce back. And Sammy will go. Were you surprised that uh, Michael was assessed at ten minutes this moment? Uh, surprised. I mean, based on the way that he's been officiated of late, I, no, I'm not surprised at all. So that's, that's part of it. But, you know, it's uh, Bunce has got to do the, his best to stay on the line. And in terms of how he's been officiated, Kyle will deal with that with the league. You're looking to get some. There you go. That was, uh, I mean, pretty. Kyle will deal with that for how he's been officiated. And even said, you know, the way that he's been, he has been officiated of late. I guess I should, he wasn't surprised, which I guess you shouldn't be. But like, is that fair to Michael Bunting? I guess he put himself in that, in that position to be officiated that way. But like at some point, I think things tend to get out of hand. And, and tonight it seemed like it was out of hand where it's the refs versus Michael Bunting. I, I The part there that like when I heard Sheldon Keith say that, it's like, like he's got to toe the line. He's got to be. He's basically saying Bunting has to be careful, but being careful also doesn't appear to be enough, right? It's almost like he has. I was pretty careful tonight. Yeah. He wasn't beacon exactly. at the officials. Yeah, I was gonna say he didn't go. He didn't cross a line. Was he? Was he being all nicey nice on the ice? No, but was he being, you know, up to the point where he should have been thrown out of the game? Absolutely not. And that's probably the part that that probably frustrates Sheldon Keefe a little bit is that he's probably told Bunting, you got to watch yourself a little bit out there. And even when he kind of does keep himself at bay, the referees are just like, no, we, we're not, we just don't want to deal with you. We don't want to deal with players constantly getting into scrum, scrums and because they don't like you, right? That, that's what it seems like. And it's not, it's not fair to Michael Bunting in that regard. This is the one time where one of the many times where I feel like the fact that Sheldon Keith says Kyle will deal with this with the league. I don't know what the league is going to really do. Like they're going to probably say, Hey, lay off of them. So he'll do it. They'll, the league will do the The refs will do it for a game or two. And then after a few I games, I don't know because you remember was it last year? Yeah. I think it was last season where you look at penalties drawn per 60 yeah. and Matthews was like 360th in the league or something like that. And he made a comment. He's like, it's kind of bizarre that a guy who has the puck that often in the offensive end isn't drawing penalties. And then after that game, after he had made that comment, 
he did start to draw some penalties. Some stuff started to get called. And, like, there was infractions that were made that just weren't being called. Whereas after that comment, things started to get called more by the book the way they should have been. So I wonder if now people or officials will think twice, like, uh, about penalizing bunting. Because now I feel like they're just looking for him to do something as opposed to reacting to what bunting has done. They're waiting for him to slip up and do like the littlest thing. And they're just going to tee him up. You know, they're like waiting for it. It's almost like, remember the, uh, the key and peel, um, the key and peel touchdown celebration. Yeah. Referee sitting there waiting for the, the triple pump or whatever. And he does it uh, and boom penalty flag. It's like, they're just waiting for this guy to do something, slip up, so they could toss him in the box. That's what it feels like at the very least. And I forget, and you, you also forget that it means something when it's said in Toronto because it becomes a talking point and it's going to continue to be a talk. Like, let's be honest, on the radio, I know your show on uh, Leafs Lunch, and I'm sure many other shows, Talking Leafs, will be discussing this exact thing. And you know for a fact the NHL will not want that to be a talking point. So they might even say to themselves, look, we have to keep the play. We have to keep the conversation on something that does not involve our officials and how they're handling players. Uh, lastly, was David Camp the right decision to take the penalty shot? I mean, who, who, who are you going to throw out out there? Right? I don't know, man. You, ain't, you ain't putting Justin Hall in that position. I'm telling you that. No. Like, Jackass and Reese, I, like, I don't know how he like, – I don't think I've ever seen him. I've seen him maybe once on a breakaway. Um, who was the other option? It was Camp. It was Aston Reese. Was it, it Simmer? Was, was it Simmons? Lafferty? Lafferty, I think. I think it was Lafferty. Well, yeah, Lafferty doesn't deserve it either. So, yeah. <laughs> I've seen, we've seen David Camps. He's got a good finish once in a while. We've seen him shorthanded come in on those chances. But it's a different animal when you usually, have a shootout. Usually set up by, by Marner, but... I don't know. I feel like I would have went Lafferty. Yeah, maybe. I, I problem is Lafferty hasn't exactly maybe because uh Keith felt like he's, he's got eleven it. goals on the year. It's more than Camp. But Camp is what, like five goals a season. Lafferty's got eleven. Like, well, maybe he would have been able to get one. Anyway, it's it's it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I think uh don't know how much different it would have made the uh, made the game, although I guess it would have probably they would have given them the lead. It was what? It was still 1-1 at that point at the penalty shot, or was it 2-1 by then? I'm uh, trying to remember. Good maybe it would have been different. Maybe I it would have been still different. 1-1 at that point. Yeah, maybe if they take a 2-1 lead, things end up uh, a little different. But regardless, Toronto dealt a loss 5-2 to Detroit. They uh, lose out their goaltender, Matt Murray, and the losing respect from Michael Bunting as well. <laughs> or the refs are at the very least. So, uh, not a great game. Not a great game for the uh, the Leafs. I mean, they played okay, but not a good outcome in, in many different uh, aspects for Toronto. All right, buddy. Uh, you got anything else you want to mention uh, mention from the weekend? Yarn Kroc gets his 19th of the season, one away from 20. Continues to look solid, so that's, that's good, especially without Marner. They needed somebody to step up and score a goal. He did do that. Um, Morgan Riley. Getting, uh, I thought initially he scored, but then you see the JT uh, tip in front. So good to see the power play get something going a little bit there. Yeah, they're finally shooting it from the point. Yep. 
Who knew? Who would have thought? Yep, exactly. All right, buddy. Good stuff. We'll come back uh, tomorrow and tee up that game against Columbus. Hopefully we'll have more news on the goaltending situation as well. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Uh, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow for you guys. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.